is your flagship home for Columbus Crew Soccer. This is Inside the Crew. Here's your host, Chris Doran. And welcome to Inside the Crew. Coming off a weekend with a big-time victory against D.C. United at Lower.com Field. Hope you enjoyed the party. We had 19,000-plus in attendance and um, really a lot of fun on a beautiful Saturday night in the Arena District. The Columbus Crew, with the victory, move into sixth place overall in the Eastern Conference. They've got 12 points, 3-3-3, three, three, and three, and headed out on the road for the next two games. In fact, they'll play three of the four games this month on the road. They are 0-1-3 on the roads. So they've got those three draws. It could have been a victory maybe at San Jose, right? Um, but uh, three road draws, and they're just going to shoot to get that first victory on the road. And that sounds like a decent, um, a decent goal. Really some momentum changed, didn't it, on Saturday? Head coach Caleb Porter said it actually happened well before that. I really thought it started with the Kansas City. You know, that was a, a set it a momentum changer. Um, the way we defended, the way we went on, on the road, and the way we fought. Um, but you got to score goals to win, and, and our goal in this game was to by and large, perform defensively in a similar way, but um, be a little bit more dangerous in transition moments. Um, and, yeah, oftentimes that first goal opens the floodgate. We are at the far post. So Santos with his left foot will have from the near post to the far post. Here's Santos approaching. The shot is a goal for Columbus! Three hundred eighty-eight minutes of scoreless soccer, and Pedro Santos, on a set piece, scores his first goal of the 2022 campaign, and puts Columbus up 1-0 versus DC United at Lower.com Field. I always have that confidence that we we can win, and that is special on me. That I can I can help the team with assist or scoring goal. Uh, and on the free kick, uh, I feel the confidence and uh, I, I ask for the ball to, to take it uh, because I know that I can score two for the free kick. Uh, and uh, I'm happy because I score and help the team to, to bring the confidence and the win too. Pedro was excellent today. Um, you know, and I, I love that he stepped up, you know, with Lucas not being able to start the game mm-hmm. and just said, you know, I'm going to score this first goal, you know, in four games. Aside from scoring that goal, Pedro Santos was tremendous defensively against Julian Gressel and the rest of the D.C. United flank attack. As a part of that back line, that has been so stingy when it comes to defensive responsibility. Derek Etienne Jr. is another guy who is really attentive to his defensive responsibilities. But when when he gets confident and he gets going and he gets forward, we see the kind of damage Derek can do as he scored in the 43rd minute Saturday night. Derek's a guy that... um... He plays at his best when he has a chip on his shoulder, when he has an edge. You know, when he's too loose or happy or when he's overconfident um, or the opposite, lacks confidence. Um, you know, he still he still plays well. He works hard. But, you know, the quality around goal doesn't always show. And I was really happy tonight that even, even after the miss that he had early in the game, he buries the next one. Miguel comes off. He's going to be summoned back in. Meantime, Williams sends a ball over the top. Etienne Jr.'s in the box. The shot is a goal for Columbus. Well, they did it with 10 men on the field. 
And they did it in style. The quick ball dropped back to Josh Williams. Williams up over the top. Etienne Jr. making the run. As Etienne Jr. returns to the starting lineup. After serving as a reserve last week against Kansas City. And Derek Etienne with his third goal on the year. Is the second goal on the night for the black and gold. They lead 2-0 before the halftime break. And hey, Derek Etienne Jr., what about that goal celebration dance? So yeah, I did the gritty. Uh, I only was going to do it once, but... Uh, Jonah always gets mad at me because when I score, I, I, I get there and I do the dance before he gets there. So he, when, when we were celebrating, Pedro slapped me in the face and, and Jonah said, yo, we're going to do the dance, we're going to do it again because you didn't wait for me. And I said, okay. But yeah, I think my gritty was, I think this was the best one I had this year. It's only going to get better. That is, that is Mr. Personality Derek Etienne Jr., his third goal on the year. Well, the crew had become accustomed to some numbers in terms of possession and passes and, uh, and number of shots, too, that were very, very strong over the course of several weeks. That kind of changed on Saturday night, and yet what changed for the better were the number of goals showing up on the scoreline. We kind of flipped the script, you know. If you saw the games, obviously, if you remember the three games that we won, we dominated possession, we dominated the chances and shots, and then we'd give away a goal and transition or a set piece. And, you know, going into Kansas City, you know, we decided let's let's just build a strong foundation defensively. Let's go into this 4-3-3. Let's put some honest guys in the middle of the park. Aiden Morris, put a soccer player in James Igbekeme. And... Um, you know, let's let's just start from a, a strong foundation of defending and being tough to play against. 75th minute, Columbus leads 2-0. Lucas Celerion comes to the near corner to take the corner kick. Celerion with the right-footed in-swinger to the six, headed out by D.C. United. Second ball. Nagby shoots and scores for Columbus! Darlington Nagby on the full volley from 19 or 20 yards out. Puts that ball past goalkeeper John Kempen. And Columbus leads 3-0. It's Darlington Nagby's second goal on the year. And it was phenomenal. Absolutely. And the nation has seen it. It's been nominated as the AT&T goal of the week. And you can uh, check out the uh, results of the poll on MLSsoccer.com. Well, congratulations to Darlington Nagby and Pedro Santos, both goal scorers Saturday night and placed on the MLSsoccer.com team of the week. It's great to see their names uh, honored, and they put in just tremendous work on Saturday night to get that 3-0 result against D.C. United. Kind of interesting to see this 4-3-3 play out. I, I like the system of play because I like that it gets Aiden Morris on the field because I like the way Aiden Morris is playing right now. And head coach Caleb Porter said, his team likes this system, too. I try to learn every team I have, and every team I, I've had is a little bit different, kind of the, the sweet spot of um, their best phases of play. Um, and I think what I'm learning right now is, you know, this system is really suiting our team. It's getting players onto the field that need to be in the game, that bring a, bring a fight and bring a, uh, a mentality that we need. And... Um, I think it opens up transitions for us, and you see we're a very tough team to break down defensively. Post-game press conference, head coach Caleb Porter following the defeat of D.C. United 3-0. Another player we get to see in this system, and actually more than that, it's probably because he has earned the playing time. James Igbekeme is a player you kind of feel like after his second consecutive start is a player you, you have to have on the field. 
Yeah, guys like James just because he's a good player, you know, game knows game, right? And he's just he's just a good player. He's a good professional. He's got a nice energy about him. He's honest defensively. He's smart. He's good in possession. Um, you know, he's just a soccer player. And, um, you know, that's why we brought him in. So it's great to see. I thought Amy Morris was, for me, one of the, you know, Man of the matches. I don't know how you say that. What's plural? Men, um, men of the match. <laughs> um, but you know, he there were there were quite a few good performances today. Darlington, Pedro, Jonah, Josh coming back into the team. Even Marley coming into the game off the bench. Miguel had a pretty good game. So there's a lot of good performances. But I thought the young young boy Aiden Morris. He re- he really uh, made me made me proud today because he got around the field and I told him after the game. That was a good shift, both sides of the ball. And now in his career, he's got to do it another 600 times, you know? And, and that's the reality. And But today, he was all over the place. Yeah, head coach Caleb Porter getting a lot of great performances from so many players on Saturday night in that 3-0 win over D.C. United. Did you notice how many fouls were being blown on uh, Saturday night? There were 22 calls against D.C. United, 12 against Columbus. I remember last year, I felt like, Part of the scouting report for opponents was that they would realize they could knock Columbus out of their rhythm by playing physically. And I still, I thought we were seeing some of that on Saturday night as well. Head coach Caleb Porter, very happy with the way his team handled the early pressure. Yeah, I thought they handled it pretty well. There have been some other games where we kind of get frustrated and rattled. And we, you know, I, I do feel like your team kind of thrives on, you know, I, all players are a little bit they, they, they're models of their coach and their emotions and I'm an emotional guy and I'm a passionate guy and I'm you know sometimes I think I don't help with that you know so I've tried to be calmer and, and not get into you know verbal um, communications with the referees as much and I think my guys have been a little calmer as well because of that and I thought you saw that today we were just a very steady really steady and I really like second half how we managed the game you know we slowed the tempo if you saw, and it, 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 we looked like a team that had been there, done that, um, which a lot of those players have, but it didn't feel like it after three losses. But I hope we reminded the fans um, today that we've got a very good team, and, and these guys are fighting for each other and fighting for the supporters, and that's not going to change. Even when we don't get results, um, we're too experienced. You know, we'll keep a steady hand. We'll keep guys together. We'll keep going. That's head coach Caleb Porter post game. After the 3-0 win over D.C. United, Columbus on the road this weekend to take on New England. The crew will be back home on May 21st, and that's when we'll host On Our Sleeves Night. It's in partnership with Nationwide Children's Hospital. Again, Saturday, May 21st, 3.30 p.m. when we take on LAFC at uh, Lower.com Field. You can visit ColumbusCrew.com and purchase your tickets to the special match uh, today and help us break stigmas around children's mental health. Uh, coming up, we'll hear from uh, some of the players about Saturday and where things are in the season. We're not a third of the way done yet, and Columbus has uh, seemingly swung the pendulum in the positive direction. More on that as we continue tonight on Inside the Crew. If you miss a Buckeye game, it's because your radio isn't tuned to the right place. Always and forever, your home for the Buckeyes, the fan, Ohio's sports destination. The only show dedicated to crew soccer. This is Inside the Crew with Chris Gorin. Proud to be your flagship station for the Columbus crew. The fan. 
Welcome back to Inside the Crew. We'll get caught up with some of the players. We'll talk to Neil Sika in just a few minutes as well. Hey, if you're listening today on your car or truck radio, please remember to buckle your safety belt. This message is brought to you by the Ohio Department of Public Safety. If you're not buckled up, what's holding you back? Captain Jonathan Menza, after the shutout on Saturday night, said it wasn't so much having a weight lifted off of one's back, but it certainly felt good to win. I don't know if there was uh, there was a weight, but obviously uh, we knew you know this was coming because uh, we worked uh, really hard in training. You know we prepared uh, for this game because obviously we needed something to turn you know to turn around the results that we've been you know getting lately. So. Uh, I told the boys before the game, we need to have an obsession of winning. You know, we need to have that. And when you have that mentality, obviously you go into the game with the mindset to win. So uh, kudos to the boys. Jonathan Mensa talking about how important it was to get that first goal Saturday night. It's all, you know, in, in, in the mind. You know, when you concede a goal, obviously you're going to do more extra to get a goal back. But if you are up, now the other team need to push, get the goal back, but then, you know, they will start opening up and then we'll find spaces and that's what happened on our second goal. So, uh, you know, thankful to the fans as well, you know, they really pushed us. So, um, put this behind us and then, you know, we keep working. A really strong performance from the defense. Aloy Room as well, of course, on Saturday night, getting that clean sheet so important. And as you look down the list of players, much the way Coach Caleb Porter said he got 100% out of so many of the guys who contributed Saturday night, so too Captain Jonathan Menza says A's for all the performances from the guys. You know, you just need to be strong collectively and individually. And I think today individually we, you know, we showed up big time, you know, winning our individual battles and playing together as a team. You know, we buckled up, uh, you know, when we up. 2-0, 2-0, you know, we started giving up few chances and, and all that, but, you know, we didn't break. We bent a little bit, but we didn't break. So uh, the mentality has changed completely because when you win, you feel different. You know, when you're losing, you feel different. So uh, great that we, you know, we were able to change that tonight. That's Captain Jonathan Mensa Saturday night after the win over D.C. United. Well, the Columbus crew, after two of the goals on Saturday, lead the league in number of goals scored from outside the 18. They've got six so far this season. Uh, Houston's got four. LAFC, our opponent in two weeks, has four uh, in three weeks, I should say. And Charlotte has got four as well. So Columbus leads that category. Darlington Nagby's goal was from outside the 18. So too was Pedro Santos's goal from outside the 18. That was the first goal scored on Saturday night, and it was an important one. Just ask Pedro. Uh, yes, um, like we we have talking, uh, we always try to to score first, uh, and playing at home and passing through the the situation that we we here was important to get the first goal um, to bring confidence to the, the the team, and I th- I think that exactly like that uh, we score first and the team and the team was much more uh, confidence and we we be able to to defend well and and score more goals. That's Columbus crew left wing back Pedro Santos, who continues to be among the top five in the league in tackles one. He talked about the importance of winning. A team like like us that that want to to fight for trophies, we we have to win all the games. Uh, Obviously, we know that it's a tough league and we we face uh, uh, very good teams, but uh, playing at home, we can't lose the games. we have to to fight, and we have that the to have that mentality to to win and to to play for 
for the, the team and for the, the supporters too. That's Pedro Santos. And even though the system doesn't impact him entirely, uh, shifting from the four two three one to the four three three is something he kind of likes. It's a little different, and I think uh, playing in four three three, we are more uh, more compact and we can we can defend better. Uh, we can close m- much more space. Uh, but the the four two three one, it's our, our, our the system that we are perfectly uh, and we can we can play very well. Uh, but we have that uh, we have that uh, that personality that we can play in a couple uh, formations, and we will always be be ready to 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 be in four three three or four two three one. And you're starting to hear this message from player to player, coach to coach. What the difference is now versus uh, what it was during that three game streak, where Columbus just could not get a result. Uh, was the the mentality uh, the last game uh, again as uh, Kansas. Uh, we we talk about that to to get the clean sheet and take the opportunities if we have, uh, and we had a couple in the last game, um, and this game was uh, exactly the same. Keep the zero, keep the clean sheet, and if we if we can uh, take the chances, we we are more close to win. And uh, th- th- that game was was uh, the the example. We they didn't create anything. We stopped everything, and we had uh, one a great chance in the first half with with Derek, and that we couldn't uh, score. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, we we didn't concede anything, and we win 3-0. It's, uh, the clean sheet it's important for us, bring confidence to the back line, and to all the team. And you talk about mentality. You talk to a guy like Derek Etienne Jr., one of the goal scorers on Saturday night, and. You know just how important it was for Columbus to be focused on winning, getting that result on Saturday night. Yeah, I think uh, we understood the seriousness of what's what was going on. Uh, multiple game, uh, what, I think five game winless winless streak, and then the losing streak we had in the leagues, and um, we didn't want it to get to the point that it did last year. Uh, we were disappointed with the the two losses at home. We don't want we don't want to lose at home, so. Uh, everyone came in with the right mentality, and I think you were able to see that, the fact that we get a chance that I should finish in the first five minutes of the game. Um, but we kept plugging away, and we, we were able to create um, some good chances, and we got the goals. And then, of course, it's always good to, to keep a, a shutout, especially at home. Um, I feel that you know when, we, when we're able to be that good defensively as a group, that it's a lot easier for us attacking-wise to not have to break down you know two blocks of a four and teams playing on the counter. So um, I think that was a, a very good part. But then, yeah, after the game, you could definitely feel like it was a, a, a weight, almost a weight lifted off the shoulders to get that that win to get three goals as well and a clean sheet. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good game. Derek Etienne Jr. with his third goal on the season Saturday night to um, double the lead for Columbus. And then uh, Darlington Nagby, of course, getting that third goal, the uh, AT&T goal of the week nominee. Uh, Derek Etienne Jr. is a very funny person. I think you know this from his goal celebration dances to his um, fixing the corner flag. Have you seen that on social media? I actually saw that you know live when we were covering the game Saturday night. And then he barges in on the post-game television interview that Darlington Nagby is doing, and he just makes everyone laugh. He always brings a smile to everyone's faces. I asked him, I said, you're, you're as much a professional entertainer as you are a professional soccer player. Where did you get that? Um... <laughs> I don't know. I just from from a young age, I was just always outspoken. I was always always uh, people would say I'm loud. You ask any of the guys in the locker room, they'll say I'm loud. But I, I just 
I'm blessed enough to be able to play a sport that I love as a job. And, you know, um, there's friends that I know from a young age that, you know, wish they could be doing this and but have to get a real job. So uh, I don't take it for granted, and I, I always want to enjoy the, the time that I have because, you know, a soccer career is short, and I, it's, just, it's just something that I'd love so much to do that no matter no matter what, if I can have a good time, I want to do that. So I think it's that. And then also my dad's a, a pretty uh, pretty big comedian himself. So I think it, it rubbed off on me. So he'll, pro he'll probably t tell you he's funnier than me, but everybody knows that's a lot. Derek Etienne uh, Jr. this afternoon at the Ohio Health Performance Center. When we come back, we'll talk with Neil Sika, the television voice for the Columbus crew. That's in just a moment on Inside the Crew. Bo Bishop is a media legend. We have no idea where the other guys came from. Bishop and Friends. Weekdays from 9 to noon. The Fan. The only show dedicated to crew soccer. This is Inside the Crew with Chris Gorin. Proud to be your flagship station for the Columbus Crew. The Fan. Welcome back to Inside the Crew. Glad you're tuned in. Uh, Neil Sika, the voice of the crew on Valley Sports, joins us. Neil, you're uh, on a golf trip. Uh, I am. The OVX. My first time down to the Outer Banks. It's wonderful. Fantastic wow. weather. Um, a good way to uh, bask in the glow of, of Saturday's crew victory. Yeah. Are you, um, are you bouncing around from course to course, or are you just playing one course? We're bouncing around. Okay. Um, there was a, an early round on Sunday that I was in the process of, of traveling. So uh, they've played courses in Nags Head and um, just up the shore in uh, Currituck, which we're playing actually later this weekend or later in the week. Mm -hmm. um, Duck, there's some great little spots around here. And we had some good weather yesterday uh, that, that made for uh, an enjoyable round. So having a lot of fun. Good. And you're right. Um, it is a great way to celebrate the crew victory on the weekend. Darlington Nagby, Pedro Santos getting nominated on the MLSsoccer.com team of the week. Any surprise there? Three great goals. And if you're awakening from the scoring slumber that the crew were in, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a nice feather in the cap for sure. Um, I think Santos is going to maybe have some conversations with Lucas for those three yeah. kicks going forward. And he's Man. had a few in his day from from outside the penalty area. So uh, it was great. He's been playing fantastic all season long from his new left back role. Nagby, um, a worthy follow-up to his goal of the year in 2020. And uh, Etienne, nice to see him get back, too, uh, on the board after a very good first month of the year. I, I just think it was a comfortable group knowing coming home that they were going to face, really, in this two-game window, Kansas City was struggling. D.C., uh, kind of all over the map with the coaching change and sure mm -hmm. there's talent there, but that was a, an opportunity that Caleb, I think had pinpointed to maybe get the four points to get this thing going in the right direction again. And, um, you know, even better, you did it without having to rely on Lucas Elrayan, who only had to make a 10 minute cameo on the end. I wonder if uh, Lucas will have 60 minutes in him uh, this weekend. I would hope so. Um, the only thing with that is you're playing on that field turf, right, at Gillette. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think a few guys, like our tour has been going hard. Do you monitor his minutes? There's been discussion. Maybe he gets a respite. Um, is this the game for it? Because you got the defending champs right around the, 
the corner. And not to say that New England's a baloney sandwich. <laughs> They've lost five of seven. Sure, they haven't had their best stuff. They just got Matt Turner back. So it's, it, this is going to be a diff- difficult challenge coming up, Chris. They, I think they know that. Um, and you know, for a team that I think can punch above its weight and belongs in the upper echelon of the East, this is the time to start proving it, right? And you've got the opponents on the schedule to do so. Neil Sika joins us on Inside the Crew. Glad you're with us. The game on Saturday night is a 7.30 kick at uh, Gillette Stadium, and the pregame show on Bally Sports starts at 7. The pregame show here on 97 when the fan begins at 7.15. Um, do you think we see more of the 4-3-3? I think so, and I think that I'm leaning that way because when Zellerion even came on, if he's going to start, I think there's a, there's a comfortability there to, to trust him and play in the false nine. Mm-hmm. And he did that in the game at Cincinnati last year. Um, I think what they're getting out of Aiden Morris, what they've got out of him uh, in the last two starts, shows they're they're comfortable in doing that. And they've also played teams that are uncomfortable with the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, now Kansas City's had more possession through the years, but. DC in particular, go ahead and take it. We're going to hit you in transition. Right. And, you know, this is now where you can really put the, uh, the feather in the cap of the defense because sure they've leaked some goals on set pieces, but their run of play run has been outstanding. Mm-hmm. Maybe two goals from the run of play this season. And you're looking at nine games in, you've had back-to-back shutouts, nine goals against. I mean, that's a goal of game. So I, I think whatever structure puts them comfortable defensively is one they'll look to. You wonder about Steven Marrera, his his health going forward, but Marlon Harrison clearly has proved to be serviceable wherever you've thrown him in there. Um, so what balance do you get with either wanting to play Lucas and Miguel Berry together, or do you Maybe it's a time for Lucas to start in that false nine. And again, the turf question comes into play. So I think there are plenty of elements, but it's nice to have that in the back pocket now, right? Right. Yeah. And something that they're comfortable playing that they honed in the preseason. Uh, so it's allowed them to sustain some success here over the last couple of games. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily shy away from it and go right back to a four, two, three, one, but I guess it'll depend on, on what they want to do with the revs and, your pollster in that midfield above the back four has been hung out to dry. So can you get, can you create that numeric advantage with the three in the midfield compared to pollster if, if you do that? So um, it's something to keep an eye on. I, I'm not sure about Lucas in the false nine role only because I'm not completely sold on our wingers and their goal production yet. I'm not all. No, that, in, and that's totally know. fair. That's totally uh, fair. At the end, his first goal since March 12th, the winger's first goal since March 12th. Right. Yaya Bo is still getting up to speed, you know, whether he starts or he's coming off the bench. Uh, yeah, there, there needs, that's where, that's why it was nice to see the supplemental scoring and what they got. Right. Again, DC, but consistency is the name of the game. There's still, there's still 24, more, five more games in this baby. Um, so that's, that's a, a valid concern. And Miguel Berry, one thing about it, last game, his, his aerial duels, his ability to draw fouls in the 4-3-3, I think he suffered four, mm-hmm. set up some free kicks. So maybe not 
still getting the shots on goal or the touches in the box that you'd want from your center forward. But he's he's been produ- productive in other ways, but right. that only goes so far. You're gonna you're gonna need the forward too to start scoring as well. So the other option might be even to to move Lucas to that wing spot and keep Miguel in place. Say you start Derek Etienne. And it's a good, it, yeah, that and then we know even if he plays in the middle in a four-two-three-one, he likes to drift to the left. Mm-hmm. So he might be very comfortable off that left side. And you think of the chemistry um, that he's got with Pedro mm-hmm. and Etienne. You can't take him off mainly because two of his defensive rate. So um, he's a he's a possible option to move to the right side too, and can help out Marlin if that's the case. If if Marrero is injured. Yeah. Neil Sika joins us on Inside the Crew. Don't forget the gold standard jersey and other crew gear available at the Columbus Crew Shop downtown at lower.com field. They're open Tuesday through Friday during the business hours, and then they're open on Saturdays too. Um, You can stop by, or you can go to columbussoccershop.com and uh, find the uh, gear that you need. Um, Gear up. Huh? Gear up. Yeah, gear up, baby. We'll be back with Neil Sika in just a moment as we roll through another edition of Inside the Crew. If it's Buckeye football you crave, you've come to the right place. And if it's day drinking you crave, you've also come to the right place. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. The only show dedicated to crew soccer. This is Inside the Crew with Chris Doran. Proud to be your flagship station for the Columbus crew. The Fan. Back again one last time on Inside the Crew. Neil Sika joins us. We're glad you're tuned in tonight. Neil, um, big showing for Nashville over the weekend with their new stadium. Thank goodness. I, I feel for these guys, these teams who have to go eight, nine, ten games on the road until the stadium is complete. More, Portland did it a couple of years ago. Nashville had to do it this year. Um, and, uh, you know, Columbus was strategic in the way they had their game scheduled last year and the move from Historic Crew Stadium to Lower.com Field, we already had one soccer-specific stadium. We just needed the second one to be completed. Uh, any hot takes off of the uh, weekend debut of Nashville's new facility? I watched the highlights, and, and any time that you know, we're in this, this era where a new stadium seems to pop up, or two each and every year, um, mm-hmm. well, it's great for the league, and... I think for Nashville too, it, it also comes at a great time because they've sustained success within their first couple of years in a, as an expansion club. Um, there's a lot of similarities, even with the darker roof to, to lower.com field. Yeah. And um, just from some of my friends and, and, and colleagues that I've had some conversations with, it's, it's kind of in that vestibule, maybe not all the bells and whistles, but um you know, it's in a spacious area out by the racetrack there, 30,000. It's the largest soccer-specific stadium in the country. And I think a few people have pointed out the proximity to the field, or at least in the lower stance, how close you are to the sideline or the touchline. Um, so that's pretty cool. And you need more hostile environments, right? So mm-hmm. I think it's it's nice to see that. And who doesn't like going to Nashville, right? For, for a little weekend excursion. And now you can throw that into your, your list of, of uh, things to do when you're down there. But um, no, it's, it's good to see that caliber of, of support from a team that's put together a very pragmatic approach to, to their 
early season days and have had success doing so. And now they've got the, the fan base and the, the building to, to support that. Let's stay in the Western Conference. Any thoughts on Austin's success? It uh, appears as though Josh Wolf, the head coach, has got some things going, going right. I'm not surprised at all. I think, look, their schedule has been very lenient and they're going to have a road heavy upper echelon uh, bulk of it coming up. But uh, I say I'm not surprised because of just getting to know Josh when he was here under Greg Berhalter and um, his intelligence in terms of putting together a game plan and having the the formula behind, I mean, think about the little coaching tree that Greg Werhalter has had now. Sure. Uh, pop up across the league with Nico Estevez and Asher Mendelssohn's down in Houston with Pat Onstad. But, um, you know, you get, you get a few players together. I, I think they're still slow in transition uh, defensively at times, but they've got the attacking pieces. Drew, Drew Ucci's off to a really good start. Uh, the movements there, they showed that in their first year, and now it's kind of being honed to, uh, at the start of year two. Now, granted, there, there are some games that like, they shouldn't have won probably the DC game if they're, <laughs> if there's not a red card in that game. So you take your good fortune too, but 20 points through nine games. Uh, can they sustain it against some of the Western powers when Seattle revs back out of the, the champions league? It's a major match for them this week. And then you've got LAFC. There's, there's a, the other components to get through. And that's why at the quarter pole, <laughs> you can't determine anything yet, but uh you have to like where you're at if if you're that second year club. Neil Sika joins us on Inside the Crew, the voice of the uh, crew for years. This round of uh, voice work is done on television with Bally Sports and uh, Brett Hiltbrand and Jordan Angeli. They'll be on the call on Saturday. The first of three road games in the month of May for the Columbus crew. Um, on the road at Foxborough, and then you have to go to Yankee Stadium the following week at home versus LAFC, and then on the road yet again to uh, Memorial Day weekend for the Atlanta United game. Mm-hmm. Um, realistically speaking, what can you expect in terms of results of those four games? Wow. <laughs> the crystal ball. Yeah. I mean, roll, roll, LA, the, I, roll the magic eight ball. What will it say? In, if I, LAFC I like continues, if LAFC continues to pick up steam, that's going to be a difficult home game. Sure. I th- every every game is difficult, and even Atlanta scuffles right now. They've got a lot of key players injured, but that's not an easy place to play. But from the crew perspective, they have three ties. They need to – I think there's a way that they need to stick a win in there, right, mm-hmm. to, to just continue win. the momentum of these last couple of games. Like, And maybe this is the game to do it against New England, who has not completed themselves yet, to take advantage of that. New York City's scoring goals for fun right now with – I don't know what they have 15 in their last three games or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so not to put the cart before the horse, but we know that this team has struggled on the regular to get results on the road, at least in its last 30 games. So to manage that, you'd be okay with draws in, in places like this because they're tough. And then you've got the two week respite with the international break in June, not only three or four in the month, but seven of the next 10, you know, Chris, I was, looking at the schedule and then realized man, they do not play the crew do not play back-to-back home games till late July. That is also, really incredible. Which, which is, which is incredible. Yeah. It really is. So. And explain, explain why that's, that, that's maybe a bit of a, 
a trouble spot because of momentum, right? Because of generating momentum. momentum. Exactly. And more importantly, it's teams are much more successful at home, right? Than Mm -hmm. on the road. So if you come off a big win, you come right back, you know, you're going to be at home, then you continue that play. And I think we've seen that more often than not, regardless of what period of league history it's been. You know, it's just a league that you win at home. The results are tough to get on the road. (laughs) Whatever the Red Bulls are doing, they are on something to win their first five road (laughs) games. It's, it's remarkable what they're, what they've been able to accomplish there. But, um, you know, the good news with that is if you do monitor this point, it, it's not nine to 10 games to start on the road, like, like a Nashville or even, even made the Portland reference, but seven out of 10, it's going to feel like that. And then if you can, you can feel pretty good about a couple of wins, maybe three or four, maybe two or three ties in that time and, and just kind of monitor yourself and then win your home games. Then you're going to have, I think, nine of the last 14 at home, and you can you can really start to make hay, and that's when you want to be playing your best soccer, making the push in the back half of the year. Neil mentioned the international break. When we come back from that and we head into the latter part of June, we go 35 days. There are eight games in 35 days this team will play. That's when the midweek schedule starts to kick in. Um, when I see that pop up, I'm thinking to myself, thank goodness we're healthy, and this is not 2021. Right, right, and... I think from like Marrera's injury, right? It's you hope it's not long term, but knock on wood. I said this during the telecast. They have been very fortunate or very solid in not having the soft tissue injuries that plagued the team last year. And right. I think that's that's vital to keep going. And they haven't had the schedule crunch that they did at the beginning of the last year either. But uh, they've managed it well. Now you can rely on your depth if you have to, but um, more importantly, it's good to see the key pieces stay healthy. Even Lucas, you know, was maintenance, take some time off for that knee and not play in the game against Kansas City. And that's okay if it's one game, but if it lingers and and then you start missing two or three or four people, it, it, it can be complicated. Uh, and then the revelation, as you mentioned in the last segment, uh, Aiden Morris, actually not a revelation, but, you know, we expected... The fact that you've got a guy like Aiden Morris who can work his way into the starting 11 with ease, um, you start to discover these, these players who can, who can help you um, either as a starter or as a reserve. He, I, I, he had that BMOC tendency when he was at Indiana, right? Yes, Big man on campus. And this was the first time he started consecutive games in league play. Uh, and it's only what his fourth, fifth start in mm-hmm. MLS, but um, the longer he plays, I think he's more comfortable in that role just because he can run around, expend all that energy, and it's not uh, uh, a keg of dynamite coming in the last right. five or ten minutes, right? He can yeah. he, he can just work his way into the game. You saw that, right? I think he was winning some duels early in the second half, playing some nice combinations with Miguel Berry, uh, second most pet touches on the team uh, over the weekend, and uh, pass completion percentage was was second on the team still. Um, the kid loves soccer. He eats, breathes, sleeps it. And I think, I think now that he's back out there, he's grateful after the season he had last year with not being able to play and, um, you know, rewarding the faith in, in Caleb Porter, which we, we knew he could do based off of, of 2020 in MLS cup. But this is, this is a great thing. You want to see the development, right. Of your young homegrown players, not mm-hmm. only to say, Hey, this isn't the era of four or five years ago, or even 10 years ago, we signed a guy, 
he's a homegrown, but these guys now need to start producing just like we've seen some of the other academies do in Dallas and Philadelphia, where you're relying on, you can play these kids and uh, feel you're going to get the same production as you would if you signed a TAM player or even a DP for that matter. And uh, that that's refreshing and a step in the right direction. Neil Sika joining us on Inside the Crew. Neil, enjoy golf and uh, for the rest of the week. And thanks so much for being a part of the program. Chris, if I take home a skin, I'll give a percentage to you for uh, working around the tee time today. Great stuff. Columbus Crew play-by-play man on Bally Sports, Neil Sika. Uh, remember, the crew are on the road this weekend to take on New England. The following weekend, we have a date with New York City FC at Yankee Stadium. And it's a good time to remind you that the Miller Lite Watch Party Series begins on that Saturday, May 14th. It'll be downtown at the pub in Community Plaza at Lower.com Field. The doors will open at 6 o'clock. There'll be a live DJ, food trucks, and a whole lot more. You can uh, cheer on the crew with fellow black and gold fans as they take on New York City FC on the road. Visit ColumbusCrew.com for more details on the Miller Lite Watch Party Series. We're back again next week, Tuesday nights at 8 o'clock, here on 97.1 The Fan with Inside the Crew. Want to know anything about the fans' contest? How to win? Or what's up for grabs? Check out 971thefan.com. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination.